and this is Founder Coffee. Every two weeks I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company. For this 22nd episode I talked to Rick Perot of Unbounce, one of the leading drag and drop landing page builders out there. Rick used to be a creative director at an agency. He then started off with a vision of a platform to build landing pages that would be as easy to use as, say, PowerPoint. Now he's leading a company of 175 people that is largely bootstrapped. We talk about Rick's childhood dream of becoming an astronaut, where he gets his inspiration for how to run his business and why building the right company culture is everything. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi Rick, great to have you on Founder Coffee. Hey, great for thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, welcome. Uh, you are uh, Rick Perot. Uh, am I saying it right? You are saying it right. Yeah, founder of Unbounce. Uh, for those who don't know Unbounce, uh, what do you guys exactly do? Uh, so Unbounce is kind of it's a landing page uh, solution for marketers who are driving, uh, you know, growing their businesses online. So. Uh, yeah, basically, it allows marketers to build landing pages, pop-ups, and stick bars, and uh, be able to uh, build landing pages for their ad campaigns. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. like... Without, without needing a developer or anything like that. Yeah, so the common use case is actually for ad campaigns, or...? That is the, that is the common use case. I mean, that's, that's, that's really the use case why we started it. Uh, mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of other and there's a lot of other use cases that have kind of, kind of grown out of that, especially around startups and testing ideas. And uh, but the predominant uh, use case is really around uh, uh, online marketing. Yeah, yeah. That's basically any any case in online mm-hmm. marketing where you yeah. want to have a landing page up quickly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually use Unbounce ourselves at Salesflare um, to create some pages. Awesome. Yeah, uh-huh. I really love the fact that you can uh, you don't need to code anything and you can just do drag and drop. Uh, basically, like you you design it in PowerPoint and it immediately works or something. Uh, yeah, well, actually, it's funny you say that because I when you know ten years ago when we started the company, I, I said that it's got to be easy like PowerPoint. You know, that it can't be anything technical. Uh, and I'm a non-technical founder, so I think that really helped us shape yeah. a product that was kind of going to be very user-friendly to the, you know, a non-technical person on a marketing team. So how did you how did you then exactly come to that idea? I imagine you uh, you, you said that the, the use case why you started was uh, as a landing page for ads. Were you yeah. working at a company that ran ads yeah. or? Yeah, yeah. So we would do so we you know so. So yeah, going way back, we would yeah we you know we'd go to launch uh, do our advertising whether it be you know we'd 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 launch a campaign we'd have all our emails ready to go we'd have our Google AdWords already uh, banner ads we double everything ready to go uh, except you know but the landing page and a lot of times we were sending all that all that traffic that we were going out there and advertising and driving generating all this traffic we would send this back to our company homepage because yeah. landing pages made. And the, the, when we did get the opportunity, uh, you know, to build create landing pages that kind of were an integral part of a campaign that looked like the ads, and stuff, our conversions were so much higher, but the problem is control of the web, uh, you know, building landing pages were like the domain of the IT department or 
engineering and uh, and we could we could really ever get them done. Uh, so I went looking for a solution. I guess I, I, I'd been, in, I'd been, uh, marketing at a time when I, when I saw a lot of, uh, marketers being empowered by solutions like, like MailChimp or like, you know, um, when I, actually, when I started my career, if you want to send an email to your, your list or, you know, to your customers or prospects, you would really, you'd, you'd type it up, you'd print it off and you'd bring it to somebody in the IT department and then yeah. they'd take care of it. You know, and nowadays it's just like, there's just, there's these solutions that, uh, that, you know, marketing today uses so many different tools to actually get the job done that didn't, that, you know, weren't there 15 years ago. Um, and, but yeah, it was this sort of last piece where we'd go to launch a campaign and everything was ready, but we could get the landing pages made. Uh, there were no, uh, you know, outside of getting, you know, working with developers, there was no easy way to get them done. Uh, so I went looking for something. I thought, there, you know, I thought there had to have been some sort of like content management solution for marketers that was drag and drop, easy to use as PowerPoint or Keynote. Or, and uh, there really wasn't. Uh, there were some enterprise uh, content management solutions that, you know, uh, said that you know they could that had landing page components to it, but uh, well outside of the price range that I was looking for. Um, you know, we really I was looking for something that was self-service that I could literally sign up, uh, you know, use my credit card, get access to, and and there really wasn't anything out there. And uh, so I went asking other marketers. I said, "Well, what do you use?" and they described the same problem as I had. And I thought, Hey, maybe I'm onto something here. Yeah. Uh, if I can't find it, maybe we build it. And I think the time is right. Uh, at that point in my career. Yeah. So it was just, no. I, I, I really, I needed it. You know, that's why I went out, you know, I went out looking for it when I couldn't find it. I decided to build it. Yeah. And that, that's, if I understand it well, this was your first tech company. And before that, yeah. you were in the agency world, right? Yes, before that, I was in the agency world. How, how was that to make the switch yeah. from the agency world to starting a tech company? Yeah, well, actually, I had done some in-house. I worked with in-house marketing teams as well. Um, how was the switch? Um, no switch? Wow, there's a lot. No, no, huge switch, <laughs> huge. It's, it's, it was, I don't even know where to begin because everything is different. Uh, you know, there's there's something about working for yourself uh you know your your work ethic you know everything uh i don't know how to explain it like it's it's like if you if you don't do it no one else will right and yeah. it's it's not like you just have to do everything you have to worry about everything uh and it's a level of work commitment and work ethic that is just you know what experience before like you just don't no matter how good you think you were in your career it's not until you start working for yourself that you realize that you're really given it. You really have to, if you, if you want to succeed. Yeah. Um, and so everything changes, like everything changes. <laughs> yeah. And actually it's funny. I, I, I joke sometimes. I said, if I would have known how hard it would have been, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I'm so glad I did because you know, it, it was hard. It is hard, but it's been the most rewarding thing uh, I've done in my career as well. So, yeah, you you mentioned that you're a, a non-technical founder, so I imagine you you must have immediately teamed up with someone technical, or or did you go? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I teamed up with people I'd worked for before. Uh, in fact, our CTO and I used to work together at a company uh, where I used to try to, you know, have to argue with them to get landing pages made. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so now I, I reached out to, and I pulled together a group of people that I had worked with before. Uh, so out of, uh, we actually, we're kind of unique too. There's six of us as mm-hmm. a founding team. And, uh, and all but myself, uh, sorry, all, two of us are non-technical. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, the four others were technical. Yeah, yeah, because I'm on yeah. your your LinkedIn profile here, and it says that you mm-hmm. uh, you studied things more related to arts, like multimedia and mm-hmm. digital design. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How how does yeah. it kind of align? Is it is it were you someone that always liked building stuff? Is that where it all comes together, or you know what what I what I've uh, what I've come to realize? I really enjoy growing like I like seeing something evolve and grow and yeah. and yeah so I really enjoy that um and I think from a like my yeah my background as a designer I think that really influenced the product so it you know we really it uh being a designer I I really I appreciate it you know ease of use and the kind of you know really try to st- uh, stepping into the into the shoes of our of our customer base or the people who we were marketing to and um, yeah, really trying to make the product, product as easy as possible. Uh, yeah. I think that my, that my background helped us do that. Um, and, um, yeah, especially in the early days. But uh, yeah, designer by trade, uh, non-technical. I mean, back in the day, I dabbled a little bit in HTML and, uh, you know, built some websites and, but certainly don't have the skills to kind of develop uh, an application like Unknown. So I had to bring in uh, friends that I had worked with and known for a long time. Yeah. So I imagine you, when you, when you were young, you didn't imagine yourself having a tech company. Uh, no, no. Uh, now when I was really young, I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you studied uh, arts or. Yeah. Then I got into art. Yeah. Well, <laughs> What I realized is to be an astronaut, you have to be really, really good at math. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't really have that aptitude. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Now, uh, you know, when the internet came along, it was, uh, I got really excited about that. And, and yes, really focused on, um, yeah, so I built my kind of design and marketing teams uh, for the last half of my career prior to mm-hmm. those. Yeah. yeah. Like, like as a as a as a company, you mentioned that you you looked up to Mailchimp at some point. Is that is that kind of what, what you modeled Unbounce after? That's certainly uh, certainly that was one of the companies we looked at. What I liked about uh, what I liked about Mailchimp was just how their their focus on ease of use mm-hmm. and and showing that you know kind of a design first company can be uh, you know ridiculously successful. Uh, so they're definitely a company uh, we looked at, looked at in the early days, and we still do. I have a lot of respect for what uh, what that team is doing over there. Yeah, uh, Moz was another company we, we looked at. Actually, I looked at Moz. Um, you know, what I really appreciated about them is actually how they ran a business and how they, you know, they were really people first, uh, and yet were able to build a really market leading, successful SEO software uh, business yet still have a great culture and 
Yeah. yeah, I borrowed a little bit, you know, borrowed a lot from a lot of the companies that were, you know, that were on the rise uh, 10 years ago when we started Unbounce. Uh, we're, uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, looked at, I, I think a lot of the SaaS companies that were starting around the time really helped influence each other. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, when I go to, you know, I, I go to see somebody else's SaaS business and there's so many similarities now between, you know, great culture and, and we never saw a lot of that, you know, pri- when, in my work career prior to Unbounce or, you know, SaaS businesses, tech businesses that really boomed over the last 10 years and with a big focus on being people first, customer centric, you know, uh, that, that was not as popular 12, 15 years ago as it is today. Not at all. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, the, this, a lot of the SaaS businesses that have really come along over the last 10 years have helped, certainly helped influence me. And I'm forever reading about, you know, what something awesome a company is doing. I say, Hey, we need to be doing that. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's still a lot of the things where you, uh, Actually, when you when you tell friends or so uh, about yeah. how companies can be people first and make them successful mm-hmm. like that, that they're like, yeah. yeah, sure, you know, if you if you focus on your employees, will that really make you successful? I think there's still a lot of doubt around that uh, kind of uh, yeah. yeah. I, I I think so. Less so, I think in SaaS, at least in tech, I think it's a lot less so. Um, mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but you know, you're right. But I'll tell you, I, I, you know, I, I forget who said this first, but I remember reading like Richard Branson or something. He said, you know, he said like, you know, you look after your people, they'll look after your business. And and actually, that is, I I believe that fundamentally, actually, I believe that Unbounce is where it's at today um, because of our people. And because we looked after the people, they, you know, we look after our people, they look after our customers and that looks after our business. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I always say I'm pretty you know, customer centric, but I'll tell you, our employees are obsessed with helping our customers and helping, and I think that's in large part because they're well looked after. And um, yeah, if they weren't, we we might not be able to attract the kind of people who would who would go the extra mile for our customers if we weren't um, considerate. If we weren't trying to create an environment where where you know uh, it, you're coming to work and actually have an opportunity to uh, uh, do your best work and actually uh, come to work and be happy. Uh, that's important. Yeah. Uh, so we we strive to do that, and uh, the result of that is that our our, our employees uh, uh, work hard to look after our customers. How how many are yeah. you about right now in at Unmounts? Excuse me, about 175 employees. 175? Yeah, I think we'll end the year. I think we're about we're going to end the year at about 180. I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so 170, 175 employees right now. Is everybody based in Vancouver, or is that also no? Place? No, we have uh, we have an office in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a dozen employees out in Berlin. Uh, most of uh, Vancouver, we have a handful of remote employees, mm-hmm. uh, myself included. Uh, I work remote for the most part. Um, and which actually, that's kind of a new thing. Uh, I've moved uh, across the country. Now that I have children, uh, they want to see their grandparents. 
more than just once a year. So I, uh, I've moved to be closer to them. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we have remote employees and that's something where we're going to, I think you're going to see us doing more and more is supporting remote teams and remote work. Uh, and it's not for, we don't, we, we do more of it today. If we, if we thought we, we could, we're just not very good at it. Like, uh, yet we haven't quite figured it out. And, uh, that's certainly something we're going to try to really crack this year or 2019 is really, uh, to be an effective organization. Um, with employees both in the office and out. Uh, it shouldn't matter where people are working from. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine if you just yeah. moved out as a, as a CEO, it was like a week ago or? Yeah, it just, uh, well, I've been out here now for de December. So it, what's interesting though, we have, uh, since I've had children, we, we, I basically I've we've split my role in half. We, we have a role at Unmount called president. So basically there are the, They're the, you know, they're making sure stuff gets done all day. I focus more on what are we going to do, uh, and do a lot of more external focus, uh, where the president does a lot more internal focus. We created that role about three years ago, um, because I, you know, I had two children back to back, and uh, you know, that's it's important to me that I spend time with them and that I'm home most nights to say, you know, put them to bed. Mm -hmm. and uh be there to support my wife and that's it that's uh yeah that's, i actually want to talk about a big change and like that was a huge change in life you know, mm -hmm. going from working all the hours available to splitting my time between unbounds and family uh, but but to finish off to close close that uh because of that role that we've had in the last few years it's, it's allowed me to take this opportunity to move closer to family yeah yeah, yeah. nice So, I mean, I can, like, I do a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, conversations like you and I are having. I mean, I can do this from my home office or from my office in Vancouver. It doesn't really matter where I am. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. I, I also saw, like, online that you were uh, uh, bootstrapped, that you just raised 800k or something. Uh, 850 in total. Yeah. Uh, Angel and Steed. Uh, back in, when did we do that? That would have been all the way up to about 2012, and we haven't raised any money since. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, mostly bootstrapped. Yeah, um, why is that? Because I, I can imagine that you can raise money for unbounds. Um, why is that? You know, at the time, it wasn't some. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a. Uh, We didn't have strong opinions pro or uh, against raising money. Uh, we never really could find terms. Uh, I guess we were very protective of our equity and uh, and uh, actually very protective of the way we wanted to grow the business and the kind of culture and stuff that we had. And we just, as you know, I think I went out to look at, you know, I, I started taking calls. We actually we started looking at potentially raising money. Oh, a year after we did our, our seed round. Mm -hmm. And it, we just didn't like what we were hearing, to be honest with you, and just didn't really find we had a fit. Um, you know, we're, uh, and then a lot of people who, and then actually a lot of venture looked at us and, um, you know, our churn is high. You know, we're in this SMV space. So, uh, 
you know, they, I don't think a lot of people don't, didn't necessarily understand that space as much. So they look at our, our, our metrics and saw where, you know, they wouldn't give us the kind of valuation that we thought we, we earned. And, uh, so, and then we just kept on growing. We just never felt we necessarily needed. It's not like we were, you know, we didn't have a big burn rate or anything. We were, we were making, we were building, growing the businesses uh, on revenue that we were generating. So we didn't have any pressure there. And we liked the pace at which we were growing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, uh, so, so it wasn't for a lack of trying at, at times, but it was also, we just didn't have, we didn't feel the need. And actually looking back now, you know, we're 10 years in, you know, the, the company is still founder led uh, and founder controlled. Uh, and it's allowed us, you know, we're, you know, we're, uh, I think one of the anchor tech companies in Vancouver, uh, it's certainly uh, one of the places where people want to work. Um, and that's, we're pretty proud of that. That might've been harder at a growth at all cost uh, approach that uh, is championed by a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people who are giving you money, you know, they want you yeah. to turn that into, uh, into multiples that get their investors excited. So, uh, so we're, we, uh, the way we have gone about growing a most doesn't align so much with a lot of, uh, traditional venture capital. And, uh, yeah. So lots of little reasons, I guess, why we didn't, uh, take mm-hmm. on anymore. Uh, yeah, but you yeah. had some. Despite you said high churn, uh, you must have uh, had some pretty good inflow if you were able to to mm. grow to 175 employees in 10 years. Mm. Yeah, well, we're today we're what, about 15,000 customers. Um, we'll do what we did last month, but 1.6 million in MRR last month. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty nice. So. And yeah, and it's, it's, you know, we're still growing, uh, you know, we're, I, I, you know, our customers are happy. Uh, you know, uh, I think we have a, a, like I said, we have a, you know, we're definitely one of the tech companies people want to work for in the city. So it's something we're pretty proud of. And I, and I think what, what we hear from our customers is, uh, and from the market is that people look to us as a, uh, uh, one of the market leaders. And, uh, so that's something we're pretty proud of. And, uh, we hope to continue to, uh, you know, put, uh, you know, to grow those, those areas, strengthen those areas and continue to grow the business. Yeah. How, how yeah. is it mostly that you guys grow? Because I, I actually never see advertisements from you. I think the cool. moment I chose to use Unbounce is like I was Googling. I looked at yeah. you and a few competitors and I had uh-huh. Unbounce once before. I liked it. And the features seemed best, but I don't remember how I chose. Yeah. Right, right. Is we that have been how a usually goes, or well, yeah, well, traditionally or historically, we grew the business through content marketing for the most part. So yeah. we blog, we created, you know, eBooks, uh, and uh, and then would partner with companies to distribute those through social channels, through email, um, and. And then, so that generated a lot of, and actually a real focus on, we, 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 we do our best to really put emphasis on an effort in creating really good quality content that people will actually share and talk about. Um, so we don't necessarily produce tons and tons of content, but the stuff that we do, uh, we're really focused on trying to create quality. Uh, so that stuff gets shared and then talked about and, 
Um, and, you know, we do a lot, you know, well, a lot of startups use Unbounce too. So there's a lot of word of mouth there. We sponsor, uh, especially in the early days, we do a lot of, you know, sponsor a lot of like startup weekends and stuff like that. And uh, so people go back to their, to their marketing team mm-hmm. on Monday and say, Hey, I use this tool on the weekend to build, you know, build these, you know, we tested our, our startup idea for you know, at our you know, startup weekend. And uh, so then adopt, I think the majority of our, uh, the, or the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, segment for us is still word of mouth in terms of customer acquisition. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we do, uh, we, we're, sp- we're spending $100,000 a month on paid ad right now. Yeah. Uh, so 1.6 million in ARR and 116 yeah. of that you, you pour back into ads. Or- yeah. Cool. I don't even think it's that high, actually. It might even be a little less than that all in, actually. Um, but uh, I think it's 75 right now. So, yeah. I'm, I'm rambling there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's in that range. Yeah, we're not spending more than that. Like, we're not... Uh... What, what, what part of the business is it actually that you focus on most uh, lately? Our six thousand eleven hundred marketers, yeah, and um, and that you know we bring you know, again focus on high quality, and so you know people who attend the conference, uh, actually the majority are not customers, uh, but a lot of them become customers or or well, talk about unbounced uh, out in the market. Um, partnerships as as you know integrations and partnerships is all has also been another way that we. Um, getting able to grow the business um, by partnering with uh, and marketing. So for, with complementary tools uh, that might work with Unbounce and uh, like, like an email marketing solution, for example, if you're, or, or an ad platform or, you know, a, a hot jar or um, HubSpot for actually, we do a lot of co-marketing with HubSpot, uh, you know, the ultimate guide to AB testing, for example, brought to you by Unbounce and HubSpot. And uh, we'll share that to our list, and and uh, yeah, that drives business for us and for them as well. Yeah, yeah. So predominantly around content has been has been uh, how we've grown the business to date. Yeah, what what part of the business is it that you you spend most of your time on right now? Hmm. That changes a lot. Uh, uh, right now, I. You know, uh, we've gone through a lot of restructuring over the last year. So my, I've been focused a lot on that and making sure that's successful. Uh, we have one, two, three new executives that, uh, that we just brought on a, CF, uh, a CFO. We restructured the way the organization is actually the structure of the organization. So just, uh, you know, we did a lot of hiring in the early part of the year, uh, new executive team and senior leadership. And uh, so kind of, we're just kind of on the tail end of that. And where I see where I want to focus on is uh, really supporting the kind of the revenue teams uh, with partnerships and, you know, being able to look out to the market and look for new opportunities. We've got somebody now kind of focused on that full time. So how can I best support them? Uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to, uh, I think 2019, just look back at the market and see where uh, uh, I uh, take another, uh, start doing a little bit more kind of corporate development. Uh, so it depends where it, my role changes all the time, depending on what we need as an organization. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be able to spend this this first half of 2018. A lot of it was looking inward, and I think uh, 2019 I will spend a lot of my time looking outward. Yeah. Uh, how do how do I have to imagine your typical day lately then? Oh, a lot of emails, a lot of one on ones. So I, I you know I do one on ones uh, with my team. I get a lot of inbound uh, requests for my time. Uh, I do a little bit of outbound and outreach to people I want to talk to, um, but I spend a lot of it. Uh, and then I try to find time for this. Actually, I, you know, being able to tell our story. So I, I've got uh, two scheduled you yourself and someone else later today. Uh, uh, you know, so I try to spend some time uh, take, taking these opportunities to uh, to you know tell our story and um, and uh, which I I. I I love, I love to do, and you know, hopefully, you're, I can share some, uh, you know, some. Uh, yeah, hopefully, my story is, you know, can help uh, influence or there's something to learn for, you know, for your audience. So yeah, so I like to make some time for that, um, and then actually locally too. Actually, I, I you know, uh, I try to get out in the community, and uh, one of the things that we've we've really focused on the last few years that I noticed is. Uh, making sure that we have a work environment that is diverse and inclusive, and, and uh, I've been doing uh, spending time on that, making sure that uh, and talking about the things that we are doing in the community. Uh, about uh, right now, unbounced like forty two percent of our employees are women. Thirty thirty three percent of all our people leaders at unbounced are women. Uh, that's pretty impressive in tech. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's uh, so. Um, spend some time on that. So yeah, it's my day to day. A lot of it is uh, on Zoom. Actually, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on Zoom uh, or on email and and uh, or on a call uh, or uh, or a one on one. You know, a walk around the seawall in Vancouver or uh, or now with my new place, it'll be it'll be a, a Zoom conversation. And, uh, yeah, and then also, so I'm also chairman of our board. So, uh, you know, quarterly, we do quarterly board meetings. And uh, so there's some prep work for that. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, the role changes. And it changes, it changes where you're at. Like, uh, uh, in the early days, I was, you know, I was driving revenue. I was head of product. I was, I was, I was a little bit, I had a, wearing a lot of hats. But as you grow and scale... Uh, if you, you know, you hire people who take on, take hats away from you and, uh, you, you, you're forever looking for, uh, areas that are not get, being given attention. You might take them on. I might take them on personally, uh, or find somebody to fill that role. Uh, but yeah, the role changes as, as the, as the business scales, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. But the fact that I'm, you know, that you're, you're, you know, you can never get to inbox zero. That's been a, that's been a constant for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you actually allow with the, with the new sort of remote setting? 
Mm. Uh, where you're spending your time behind your computer mailing and then mm. zooming in mm. uh, and there's also a slight difference in time zone i imagine how mm -hmm. do you how do you uh, put the limits between work and life well uh, because you mentioned you want to spend time with your kids but how yeah. do you how do you draw the, draw the line there well uh this morning i was up uh with them uh we had breakfast uh and uh i got to spend time with them before actually you and i was my was my my first appointment of the day and then uh and then you know the afternoon they'll nap for a couple of hours i'll get a lot of work i i see it less more about work-life integration that's what somebody call uh work-life balance it's less about work-life balance and more like work-life integration mm -hmm. i find like i'm Yeah, where I'm, you know, I'll work for a couple of hours. I'll spend time with the kids. I'll work for a couple of hours, spend time with the kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like this morning I was up, uh, spent, I spent some time with them. Uh, and then I'll have, you know, the afternoon to myself. Half of that they'll be napping anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, the kids will be napping. I'll be... <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll have, uh, I'll be working and then yeah. in the evening. So, and then in the evening, once they go to bed, so, you know, I'll take a break at, you know, our time here about five o'clock, I'll make dinner and I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll spend 90 minutes with them and then my wife will get them ready for bed and, and, uh, they'll be off to bed at about seven. And then, you know, I'll have a, I'll spend another one or two hours if, uh, if I'm feeling, Yeah, depending how my day went so yeah, yeah i'm uh, and i'm still trying to figure it out to be honest with you i uh it's this is this is new uh but i will say this actually it's what's amazing is one of the things already i'm feeling the benefits i used to commute to work an hour each way mm -hmm. uh that's two hours every day that i'm either in my car or on the uh, on the train on transit and uh That's just, yeah, you know, not having to do that right now is just, uh, I'm feeling the, the, the extra time that I now have. Um, yeah. well, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a work in pro program, but you know, it, it is, it's, it's important to me that I'm here when they get up and I'm here when they go to bed and, mm -hmm. uh, and I get to spend a little bit of time with them. So, yeah. Are there any other things you do when when you're not working apart from spending time with the kids and and the wife? Uh, yeah, you anything that keeps you mentally and physically fit. Or? Uh, mentally, I think it's just it's the family. It's being able to spend time with family keeps me. Well, actually, I do a lot of gardening in the summer. I'll be yeah. honest. That's that's really my. You know, I don't I don't uh, I don't do yoga or something, but I think the benefits of gardening are probably the same. Like good mental health uh and physically too it's uh you know being out there in the garden i, I like to go out in the garden but usually about an hour a day in the morning before work uh and i plant all you know i grow all kinds of vegetables uh but uh and, I, and actually for i do a lot of walking i do a lot i try to do uh i try to do at least like i, I probably did one hour long walking meeting a day uh so I, I do a lot of walking yeah and uh yeah that's yeah it's really work and family that's really my focus and yeah. uh and in, like i say in the summers i i, I have a bit of gardening and uh 
both my kids are really young. So my oldest is three and my youngest is one and a half. So um, once they're a little older, I'm starting to see it with, with my oldest. Like we can do stuff together. Like so actually I'd take them with me. Like we go, we hang out on the weekends. We'll, we'll go, you know, if I have to go run an errand, I'll take them with me. Uh, my youngest is not quite there yet for everything, but uh, but once they get a bit more independent, it's you know it allow it again it allows us to do more things. You know, uh, camping is also a lot of fun. So the founders, some of the founders and I, we we like to do we like to go camping quite often uh, in the winter or in the summer and anytime. Winter camping is actually even more fun to be honest with you. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we look forward to doing that a couple times a year. So you do you do camping trips with the just with the founding team or? Yeah. So, uh, where was it that you moved right now? Uh, because you, you moved from Vancouver to the to the other coast. Yeah, I'm on the east coast now. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. What place is it now? Oh, I, I'm in uh, I'm in New Brunswick. Again, New Brunswick. New Brunswick. Yeah. What is the place uh, known for? Uh, what is the place known for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Uh, well, actually, a lot of seafood. A lot of seafood. Yeah, lobster. Inexpensive lobster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good are people. There, are there any, any any tech companies based in the place, or is it is it just you yeah. now? Is a no. There, there's a uh, like. So I'm uh, I'm in Moncton, which uh, and that's uh, the largest city in New Brunswick. I think the greater Moncton area is about 150,000 people. There is some, te there's some tech here. Uh, you know, there's definitely yeah, in the province for sure. Uh, and in Moncton as well. There, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta spend some time. There's, uh, there's some entrepreneurs here that I'm, I'm, I'm acquainted with that I'll, uh, when I, once I get settled in here, I'll, I'll, I'll explore the, the local tech scene, but, uh, I, uh, Usually, not, I mean, for the most part, to be honest with you, I, when I'm when I do travel here previously, it, it was mostly to be with family. So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, still a lot to explore. Then, lots to explore. Yeah, uh, slowly wrapping up and and sharing some yeah. learnings. Uh, what's yeah. the the latest good book you've read, and why did you choose to read it? Um, I I uh, read Lost and Founder. Lost and Founder. Uh, yeah, Rand Fishkin. He was the founder of Moz. Yeah, and, uh, was founder and CEO. He's uh, he's gone off to do his uh, a new startup. Uh, I I actually I chose to read that in in part like I you know I I uh, I I, uh, I got to know Rand over the years. Uh, actually, they're based in Seattle. They're pretty close, and uh, I've always been a fan of what they. I know tag fee, their you know their their core values, and um, yeah, I just everything I've ever heard Rand talk about in the early days, I really really respected that. So I got a chance to get to know him, so I learned a little bit, and and I was always fascinated about his you know his views of growing a business, and I I think yeah when when he decides to write a book, I I uh, I think I pre-ordered it, and uh, yeah, it just to really. Uh, uh, I see a lot of similarities in the two businesses uh, mm -hmm. culturally. So it was just, uh, it was great to actually sit down and read his journey from, you know, from, uh, from the beginning to where he's at now. 
Yeah. And yeah, there's tons of lessons learned in there. And it's funny because I've tried, you know, I, I, I get random. I might have dinner once a year. Um, and yet there were still so many little nuggets of valuable learnings that I kind of t- took away from the book. And, uh, yeah. Now, do you have one to share with us, for instance, or? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just, uh, oh, actually, one of the things that we, we, we've been talking about is around uh, uh, calling your customer base and the impact that that had on lifetime value uh, uh, and uh, adoption. Mm-hmm. And you know, we always put it off because we always thought it would be uh, just so expensive. Uh, but he shares the stats on, you know, the impact that calling every, everybody that started a trial, uh, which we hadn't done and we're doing that now. Uh, and in part, because we, we actually, I shared Ryan's book with a lot of people in the company and a lot of us talked about that particular, uh, piece. Um, and, uh, so we've actually, we're implementing that right now. Actually, we've been doing that now for over a month. So. Yeah. So you uh, hired so a team to start calling people, or? Well, we what we we actually had a team and uh, our sales team, and we just started adding that 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 uh, requirement to the the team. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing that. Yeah, we have a small inbound uh, sales team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was actually a great and and now uh, I'm looking forward to seeing results. But I have a feeling to be one of those things that we're going to look at and go. Ah, uh, we should have done that five years ago. <laughs> we should have made this a priority, <laughs> and uh, what we didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is there? Uh, yeah. So. Is there anything else you'd wish you'd have known when you started out? <laughs> Boy, we we're gonna need another hour. I <laughs> uh, wish wish I would have known when I started out. Uh, uh, c- communication. How? Uh, that's that's how hard it actually is and actually how you have to be uh, very, uh, you have to plan it out. You have to be really proactive at communicating because no matter how, because even no matter how hard you try, you'll think everybody knows where we're going. And no matter how many times you say it, it's, you'll always have a group that feels lost and, and that causes challenges within the organization or people misunderstood where you, where you, where you think you need to, where you're going. And that's really hard to keep a hundred and, you know, hard to keep a hundred, 200 people all going in the exact same direction at the exact at same pace, the same timing with clear understanding. And uh, that's tough. And it's still a challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah there seems there was a number. I, I remember, it's funny. I, I, we were, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Boston uh, for an event and uh, some of the marketing team and myself uh, had dinner with uh, Darmesh Shah from HubSpot. And he was uh, uh, very generous to just spend a couple of hours with us over dinner and share these stories about you know, the challenges they were, you know, they had gone through. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, we're not going through any of that stuff yet. And, and uh, maybe we won't. And it literally, it was like a couple of days later, I'm, I'm, I'm at the airport leaving, heading back, leaving Boston. And I get a text, Rick, you need to check your email. You need to respond. And, and cracks, it was at that moment where, you know, these cracks are happening in our culture that, 
that were probably there all along, but we didn't realize it. And that had to do over some, uh, somebody left, uh, somebody with a moving desk and apparently at another tech company, it was a bit of a, uh, it was a bit of a ritual that you'd, uh, you, if you moved your desk, you had to down a Smirnoff ice or something, an alcoholic beverage. And somebody got really offended that they, it was suggested that they do that on unbounce. And, uh, we had to put an end to that really quick, but, uh, you know, cultural things that happen that, uh, that, uh, that, that happen at scale and that are very, for us, it was very, it was, you know, we're trying to be really an inclusive kind of place where, but it really, it wasn't. And, uh, so we had to change that. Yeah. Uh, so and those things are really hard. And you know, sometimes even as founders, we, you know, we, we, we we think everything is 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 working perfectly, but under the under the hood, you know, you, there's a lot. There can be a lot of problems there, uh, and so it's something now. You, I would you know advise people to be super aware of, and just uh, don't just have one on ones with your direct reports. Have one on ones with their direct reports, and really build a uh, you know some trust. Build a build you know a rapport with all as many employees that you can that they feel that they can come and talk to you about any anything. Because uh, if they don't, sometimes you'll never hear about some of the challenges. Uh, and I guarantee everybody's having them. They're all there, just under. It's it, it just how how visible they are within an organization. Is, is, is the level of visibility is probably the one thing that's different between organizations. But the fact that we all have those kind of problems in our culture or communication, they yeah, they all exist. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Final question: um, What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Uh, be prudent with, uh, company money, like just really make sure that whatever you spend on, you're getting tons of value in return, treat, you know, treat it like it's coming out of your, treat money, company money, like it's coming out of your pocket. Uh, it's funny because uh, you don't, you don't learn that when you're out there working for the most part. And that's actually one of the things that, you know, you learn. Uh, hopefully you learn uh, as an entrepreneur is when you're out there working for yourself. But that was somebody told me really focused on that. Uh, and that just changes the way you think. Uh, I know it sounds obvious, but it really, a lot of people don't have that. And like I said, you don't, you don't necessarily, you know, you know, you're not prudent. isn't something that you might, you, something you might not learn when you're working, but uh, I think it's, it's helped us as an organization uh, to bootstrap and be really good with the money that we're spending, that we're making and spending. And, uh, I think that was good advice. Um, that's certainly some very good advice. Thank you again for being on founder coffee. Uh, also send you a little package of founder coffee in the next few weeks. And that you can... awesome. Yeah. It was great yeah. to have you. Yeah. Likewise. It was great. Yeah. Great uh, to spend an hour with you. That's it for this episode of Founder Coffee. We hope you liked it. Let the world know if you did. Thanks for listening, guys.